Today is the first day of a new year. It is, in fact, the first day of a new calendar. It's the first day of a new month. It's the first day of a new week. It is a brand new first day. We exist today on a brand new first day. Friends, this day should be approached with expectation. Uh, this day should be celebrated in anticipation. It is a new day. And yet, sadly, I believe it is not what it should be. And I'm going to be honest with you today. I believe God brought us here to hear this verse today. Sadly, I believe it is not what it should be. And I believe we come to this new day with a lot of baggage. We come to this new day with a lot of uncertainty. Some of us say, well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not sure what direction to go from here. Honestly, we come to this new day with some dread. These days are hard. These days are wicked. These days that we're living in are unprecedented. And I believe if we are honest, we may be today faking a celebration. We, we may be going through the routine of a new start, but our hearts today are burdened and they're tired and they're heavy and they're worried as we come to this new day. And I'll just tell you that I believe that's the truth of the matter. Well, I want to tell us something today, and I'm excited, in fact, to be able to tell us to something today, and my prayer is that you, that we would hear it, that you, that we would receive it, and that it would change this coming year. That's my prayer today, that what we're about to hear, that we would grab hold of it, that we would hear it and receive it in such a way that it would actually change our coming year. Friends, listen to me. On this first day, as believers, we have a Savior. We have a Savior. Listen to me today. In that Savior, we have redemption. In that Savior, we have the forgiveness of our sin. In our Savior, we are empowered by God. In our Savior, we know the love and the grace of God. In our Savior, the Bible tells us we have a friend. We have a foundation. We have a future in our Savior. In that Savior, we have in dark and hard days a hope, and that hope surely stands. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Friend, can you hear me today? Are you listening today? We have a hope today and our hope stands. Praise the Lord for that. We have a hope today. Whatever the circumstance of life is, we have a hope today and our hope stands. Our message today is entitled Abounding Hope. Abounding Hope. We're going to look at one verse in Romans chapter 15 verse 13. Before we stand, before we read the verse, before we pray, I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning. I want you to listen in. I'm going to go through a list of people. And if you are in those, that group of people, if you match the description of that group of people, in a moment, I'm going to ask that you would stand. Not right now, but in a moment, I'm going to ask that you would stand. If you're here today, and last year you lost someone, not right now, but in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. 
If you're here today and if you are missing somebody, maybe, maybe you didn't lose them this year, but maybe it is still fresh for you. If you're here today and you're missing someone, not right now, but in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you're here and this year you face something that you never thought you'd go through, and you know what, you had plans, but you never thought you'd go through this, not right now, but in a moment, I'm going to ask for you to stand. If you're here and you had times this year of great worry, if you had times this year of great uncertainty, in a moment, I'm going to ask for you to stand. If you're here this morning and you were, and maybe you are disappointed, and here you are, and this is this year, and, and, and you're just disappointed, and you know what, I didn't want this, and I don't honestly like this, and you feel let down, and maybe you let yourself down, maybe somebody you placed your hope in, they let you down, maybe some situation let you down. In a moment, if you're here, and you were, or you are disappointed, I'm going to ask for you to stand. If you're here this morning and you're smiling and nobody around you knows what's in your heart, but you're here and you're smiling, but you know what? You, you don't know whether you ought to sit down and cry or whether you ought to stand up and scream. If that's a description of you, in a moment I'm going to ask for you to stand. If you're here and you're tired of the routine and you want more out of life, you want more than the grind of just going through years just going through months, just going through days, if you don't want to just pass through time, if that's talking to you in a moment, I'm going to ask that you would stand. If you're in any of those groups, if any of those described you this morning, I'm going to ask that you would stand with me. And I'll just tell you, yes, I am standing. Friends, listen to me this morning. We have a hope. Do you hear me? We have a hope, and our hope stands this morning. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says this, And now the, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that again. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come and we just tell you we love you. We tell you, Lord, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for a hope that endures for a peace that's anchored down in Jesus. Lord, a lot of us have gone through tough things this year. Some of us are missing folks. Some of us are going through unexpected things. Some of us really are disappointed. can tell you we don't understand why we are where we are. But Lord, we know our hope is in you. And it's not tied to these circumstances, not tied to any person, not tied to a situation. We know our hope is in you. And so Lord, I pray that today you would tell us of that hope. And I pray it wouldn't be the message of a preacher, it wouldn't be the message of a church, but it would be your truth, that you would tell us of our hope today, Lord, through your word. And I pray that in it we'd be encouraged. I pray that in it we would be uplifted. I pray that in it we would have our, our heads lifted up and we would stand again in peace and in joy. Lord, in peace and in joy. We ask that you move in this hour. Lord, I pray it's not normal. I pray it's not something we pass through, not something we check off, not something we just did because we had to. But I pray, Lord, that it's supernatural. And I pray that you would speak and I pray that you would heal hearts. I pray that you would uplift hearts and minds. I pray that you would draw us closer to yourself. To yourself. 
I pray, Lord, for some that do not know you today. I pray in the hearing of the gospel of a risen Savior that today they might trust you and be saved. Lord, we give you all the glory. We praise you, we thank you, and we worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right, so we're going to go very quickly to our verses. Now, understand, we're looking at one verse today. This verse is from Paul's letter to the believers in Rome. Understand, at this point, he has not been there. Uh, he hopes to go there. He writes that in several of his letters. He hopes to make it there. But at this point, he has not been there. And he writes to the believers in Rome, number one, first, to clarify the gospel and to set forth the truth. And so he writes the church, the believers there in Rome, he writes them this letter to set forth the truth, to tell them the truth of the gospel. The second thing is to then encourage them to walk in the truth. Here is the truth. You can know the truth. And then he encourages them, this is what it would look like to walk in the truth. Now, I want you to see this this morning. Today, if we do not stand with the truth, if we do not defend the truth, if we do not guard and stay with the truth, if we do not preach the truth, the truth will be lost. And I'll just tell you, that's how it works. That's the reality. That's Satan's goal. If we're not constant in the truth, if we're not preaching the truth, if we're not defending and standing with the truth, the truth is going to be chipped away at the truth is going to be pulled away. The truth is going to be distorted and we will lose the truth. So Paul writes a great letter, a very profound letter, saying this is the gospel. And that's what the preceding chapters have been. This is what we believe. We're saved in God's grace by faith in Jesus. No work that we would ever do. It's in the, the propitiation, the, the, the payment of sin in Jesus that we're forgiven, that we are saved. He has told them this is the gospel. This is the truth. This is what we believe. Second thing to see is this. Having then the truth, holding the truth, should then change how we live. And that's part of what we see in this letter. Starting in the 12th chapter, he starts saying, therefore, this is what it looks like. This is how you respond. And so you have the truth. You have to guard the truth, but you have the truth. And having and holding the truth should then change how we live. It should change how we see. It should change how we perceive. It should change how we respond, how we react. Ultimately, having the truth should change how we live. Let me tell you, this is where we get into trouble. We say, well, I've got the truth. I'm thankful for the truth. I look forward to, to going to heaven. But you know what? It's not going to impact me to such an extent that it would actually change how I live, that it would actually change how I perceive, how I see. Well, he encourages them, holding the truth, having the truth should change how we live. And so Paul writes this letter to them. Here is the truth. Know the truth and live by the truth. And then in that, we have this verse. That's the context. In, the, in, in that context, we have this verse. Chapter 15, verse 13. And let me, let me walk us through the verse. In the midst of that, here we have this verse. The verse starts off and it says this. Now... 
Now, knowing the truth, certain of the truth, now, friends, be sure, to have hope in 2023, to keep hope in 2023, we need to be covered up in the truth. And I'll just tell you, that's, that's, that's the reality of it. We need to read the truth. We need to hear the truth. We need to sing the truth. We need to be around the people of truth. We need to be immersed in the truth. If we're going to keep hope and have hope in 2023, we have to be immersed in the truth. And so knowing the truth now, may the God of hope, the verse says, now may the God of hope. Now, let me tell you, that is big. That is huge. Paul says right here, our God is the God of hope. Our God is the God of hope. The Greek word for hope, it means it translates into our, into our language from the original language, expectation. What is hope? The Greek word is expectation, it is confidence, it is anticipation of what is sure. Now, I want you to listen to that again. What is hope? Hope is anticipation of what is sure. Now, there's some that say, oh, I hope I win the lottery, but I dare you to go buy a house before you win the lottery. That's the, that's the definition of hope. I am sure, I am confident in my anticipation, and so therefore, I have hope. That's this word, anticipation of what is sure. Now, don't go do that. You'll end up in a mess. That is who our God is. He is the God of hope. He is the God of confident anticipation. He is the God of sure expectation. It means, are you listening this morning? It means this. He will do it. He will bring it to pass. He will do it. That's what it means. He is faithful. He is sure. He is trustworthy. He is powerful. He is wise. He is sovereign. He is eternal. He's not dependent on anything or anybody or any circumstance. He is infinite in all things. And so listen to me today. We can be confident that our sins are finished in him, that our future is secure in him, that our provision is met in him, that our calamities are remedied in him. Our hope is in him. I wish I could sing like the Flynn's. I, I was over there, I almost turned my mic on and started singing with them. I didn't do that. All our hope is in Jesus. All our hope is in Jesus. We get in trouble, we start thinking our hope's in a job, in a paycheck, in a person, in a circumstance. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna try. All our hope is in Jesus. You know why? Because our God is the God of hope. Because our God is the God of hope. Now, I want to say something right here, but I'm going to wait and I'll say it later. <laughs> I won't forget. Our God is the God of hope. 
Our God is the God of hope. All right. Now, knowing the truth, may the God of hope, the next word is fill. Now, it's interesting, this word, the Greek word for fill, means to make full, but it's more than that. It is to fill to capacity. It is to fill up. And so it's not just to, to fill, it's to fill up. It's to fill to capacity. Now, let me say this. Uh, let, me, let me be sure of this. Our God doesn't do anything partially. Do you know that? He doesn't do anything halfway. He doesn't say, well, I gave you a little bit of that. No, that's not our God. He doesn't do anything partially. He doesn't do anything halfway. He, he fills us up. Now, it says, with all joy and peace. Now, I want you to notice those two words. Here's what he does. We are filled up, the, the God of hope. We are filled up to full, to capacity with all joy and peace. Now, let's look at those words. Joy translates gladness, favor. Actually, the best word is joy. Joy, filled to capacity with joy. Think about that for a second. You are filled to capacity with joy. Filled with joy. But not just that, you're also filled with peace. You're also filled with peace. Now, this is awesome. I want you to see this. The word peace means, this is tremendous, rest. Best translation, rest. I want you to hear that word. You are filled with rest. Not strife, not striving, not running but never catching, not conflict. You are filled with rest. It literally translates wholeness. The, the best definition is held together laced together, roped together. That's this word, peace. It is rest, laced together, held together. It means not coming undone, not coming apart. You are held together. Again, the Bible says here, you are filled with it. Now, doesn't that sound awesome? You're filled with all joy and all peace. The God of hope fills us with joy, gladness, peace, rest. All right, now here's the key. Here's the key. Listen up. The verse goes on and says, in believing. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now stay with me. The joy and peace are found in belief. They are found in faith. Stay with me. It is the continual tense of the word here. And so understand, it is believing and believing and believing. Now, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's bigger than that. I think it's building. And so I think it's believing upon believing upon believing. Now I believe, but now I believe some more. And now I've lived a little bit and I see that God is faithful. And so I believe, and now I believe some more. And so it is building. Belief after belief, belief upon belief that we may have joy and peace. 
Now stay with me. Paul is saying, it is in knowing the truth, it is in believing the truth, it is in believing that God is the God of creation, that he's the God that's all-powerful. Do you know he's all-powerful? Nothing he can't do. It's believing that he is gracious to us as sinners. Listen, he is gracious to us as sinners. It's believing that he is love in the full expression of God. You want to know what love is? Go look at our God. He's the full expression of love. It's believing he actually is love. It's believing that Jesus has come, that he is our Savior, that he's paid the cost the price of our sin. Listen, he's done that, that he's borne our guilt, that he's carried our shame. Jesus took care of that, that he has defeated death, that he stands as the victor. Do you hear that? He stands as the victor. It is believing that he is in control, that he is infinite in his wisdom, that he sees you, that he cares for you, that he loves you. It is believing that he is coming again, it's believing that when he comes again, he's going to bring those that have died in Christ. Praise the Lord for that. It's believing that he's going to usher in a new heaven and a new earth, and the former is going to be passed away. It's believing that we will be with him for all eternity. And in believing, we have the fullness of joy and peace. Here's the question. So how do we believe like that? How do we believe like that? Listen, it goes back to the truth. It goes back to the truth. You have the truth. He writes the letter to tell him the truth. We have the truth, so believe the truth. Again, listen to me. We have to hear the truth. We have to be reminded of the truth. We get out in the world, and the world wants to pull that away from us. The world wants to put distractions in front of our face. The world wants to kick us when we're down. We have to study the truth. We have to recite the truth. We have to memorize the truth. We need to be around people that speak and love the truth. We got to be saturated with the truth. I'd like to say something right here, but I'm going to save it. I won't forget it. Back to the verse. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope. So that you will abound in hope. Now listen, every word is important. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope. Now I looked at this yesterday for a couple hours and I looked at it and I penciled it out, and I believe this is a supernatural mathematical formula. I don't know anything about math. I'm, I'm not very good at it. But I believe this is a supernatural mathematical formula. Here's what it says. When you are filled with joy, now it means to capacity, and so that means to 100%. So I want you to see this. It's some sort of algebra, I believe. When you are filled 100% with joy, and then you are filled 100% with peace, to capacity with peace. Now I want you to picture the equation here. 
There is no more room for any more joy. There is no more room for any more peace. 100% joy filled, 100% peace filled, filled to capacity. 100% joy, 100% peace. If you add those together, here's the product. You will abound with hope. Well, that sounds weird. What does that mean? Let me tell you what it means. Abound doesn't mean 100%. Abound means overflowing. It means infinite. It means running over. Most literal translation, listen to these words. The most literal translation is this. Beyond the expected norm. And so why is this a supernatural math formula? Here's this. You take 100% of joy and you take 100% of peace, and you add those together, and the product is more than 100% hope. It is abounding hope. Now, that doesn't make any sense, but it is hope that is growing. It is hope that is swelling. It is a river of hope. It is overflowing, limitless hope. It is a wellspring of hope. And so listen to me today. When times are hard, or when death has come, or when sickness has come, or when loneliness has set in, or when divorce is the reality, or when the unexpected has happened, or when your plans are all messed up, or when the way seems dark, or when you're perplexed and you can't understand, it may be too much, it may seem overwhelming, it may be a lot, but I want to tell you the supernatural math of God is this, his hope abounds that, is bigger than that, overflows all of that. Our hope is more. Our hope overruns it. Our hope overflows it. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope. The last part of the verse says this. By the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is awesome, and I'll just tell you, for me and for you, this is good news. The abounding in hope, Paul tells us here, the verse tells us here, is the work of the Holy Spirit. The abounding in hope, the Bible says, is empowered by God. It is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, your role is to grab the truth. Your role is to be saturated with the truth. Your role is to be believing and building on your belief to be believing in the truth. And when you do, the Holy Spirit will empower the abounding hope. What does that mean? It means it's not up to us. You ever watch somebody... Terrible things happen, tough stuff happens, and they respond and it points to Christ. And you go, man, I wish I had a response like that. I wish I was as calm as that. How are they able to do that? How can they suffer through that and look like that? Here, here's the truth. It means it's not up to us. Here's what we say. We say, this is going to be a better year. 
I've already thought that, have y'all? This is going to be a better year. That's what I say. This is going to be a better year. Dad gummit, if I have to kill myself trying, this is going to be a better year. If I have to make everybody miserable around me, we're going to have joy this year. If I got to wear them out, woo, we're going to have joy this year. Isn't that what we do? I'll do better. 2023, new counter, I'll do better. I'll be positive. I'll be so positive. You've never met somebody as positive I'm going to be. I'll keep my joy. Oh, I'll keep my joy. And we make resolutions. Isn't that what we do? I'm resolving. I'm resolving. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to do better this year. That doesn't work, does it? I don't, I don't know if I'll make Wednesday if that's my goal. The Bible says, listen, but if we will keep our eyes on Jesus, but when we keep our eyes on Jesus, when we hold to the promise that is Jesus, let me tell you about that. I have nothing to fear in Jesus. I have suffered no loss in Jesus. He's always faithful. He's always come through. He's never left me alone. He's never left me, abandoned me. When I hold to the promise that is Jesus, that I'm as terrible as my sins are, I've been forgiven, that all the cruddy guilt and shame that I ought to carry around, I don't have to carry around. When I hold to the promise that is Jesus, that I wear his righteousness, not my filth, that when he comes, I'm going to see him face to face, not because I earned it, but because he's gracious to sinners. When I hold to the promise that is Jesus, when I remember the truth, God will cause us to have abounding hope. It's his work, not our willpower, not our resolve. Friends, we have hope. And our hope stands. And I want you to hear me. Whatever your circumstance is today, we can live accordingly. We have hope. And our hope stands. Now here's what I want to tell you today. And you might think I'm crazy, and I, I probably am, but I, you might think I'm crazy. Some are going to say this is nuts. But I'm going to tell you something. And I hope you're listening. 2023 is going to be a great year. Now, I didn't say it wasn't going to be a hard year. It doesn't say it wouldn't be unexpected things. Did you hear what I said? 2023 is going to be a great year. And I, I, I kind of flinch when I say that. I saw, I saw some other preacher last night post that this year was bad, next year's going to be worse. That was his post. Um, my mind starts racing with all the what ifs. What if this? What if COVID? What if that? What if there's a new sickness? What if the economy? What if inflation? My, my mind starts saying, what about? What about this? What about that? And, and it starts to race with that. Well, listen, I want to tell you that the truth of what we just learned today is this. There are no what ifs and there is no what about. Our hope stands in Jesus. Our hope stands and he exceeds our expectation and we can have confident expectation in him. And so listen, I can tell you not because of us or the circumstance of the world, I can tell you in spite of it because we have a savior, this year is gonna be a great year. Let me tell you this. For Calvary Baptist Church, 2023 is going to be a great year. 
It's going to be a great year. Now, you might start saying, what if, what about, what about? It's going to be a great year. And let me just tell you this. In fact, it has the potential to be the greatest year ever at Calvary Baptist Church. Did you hear what I just said? Has the potential to be the greatest year ever at Calvary Baptist Church. There's no reason not for it to be. We can have confident expectation that this will be the greatest year yet for our church. Now, I'm going to say something. Did you know? Let me tell you something. Did you know one week I saw 23 people make professions of faith in Christ in this altar one Sunday morning? We had had done a lot of visiting and talking that week. I saw 23 people make decisions. All glory be to Christ right here in in this altar. One year we baptized 130 people at Calvary Baptist Church. You know, almost every service, some of y'all can remember this, almost every service for six years, we had a baptism. All glory be to Christ. You know, we met in two services, and they got so full, we went to the Wilbarger Auditorium. You know, there was 36 people that were in the choir at the auditorium. You know, we averaged over 900 people for three months, October, November, December, all glory be to Christ, that year we were at the auditorium. Do you know, in that time, we got our finances right. We paid off the debt of the church, and we got the checking account over, back from overdrawn, and we were able to finance all the, the ministries and the missions of our church. Do you know, one week we raised $105,000 in a single week with one week's notice to pay our bills off. Do you know, I, I looked at this yesterday. There's 48,000 churches in the Southern Baptist Convention. Do you know two of those years, we were in the top 200 in missions giving. Did you know Satan and some people didn't like me saying all that? Didn't like us expecting all that. And so God forgive me. I quit. Notice that? I quit saying it. Quit talking about it. Quit hoping for it. Friends, do you know this morning our hope has not changed and that our hope still stands? And I can give you 10 10 reasons about this and I can give you 10 reasons about that. You can probably do the same thing for yourself. Our hope still stands And our Savior Jesus, he's still the king. And our Savior Jesus, he still reigns. And his word is still true and it hasn't passed away. And not one dot, tittle of it is not going to pass through, not going to come true. Do you know the gospel is still the power of God unto salvation? Do you know I believe we're living in darker days now than we were just 10 years ago? Do you know the world needs a Savior? The world needs the light of a risen Savior? Do you know he can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we would ask or think? That's what he tells us in his word. And so let me tell you today... You can be, and I can be, and our church can be abounding in hope. We can have confident expectation. I don't understand where I'm at today. I don't understand what's coming next today, but I do know whom I have believed in and know he is able, and he is our God, and he is the God of hope. Our hope stands. 
And so I want to tell you, this is why we're here today. And some of you, God brought you here to hear this. Listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you find yourself out today. In our Savior Jesus, the best is still to come. And we don't have to say, well, what about this? And what about this mess up? And what about this mistake? Listen, the best is still to come for followers of Jesus Christ. Our hope still stands. His name is Jesus. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come and I praise you and I thank you and I worship you. And I look back on this last year, Lord, you were faithful. You are trustworthy. You didn't leave us. You didn't forsake us. Some of us, you drew us closer. Lord, you still stand as our hope, our peace, our joy, our answer. And so I pray as we head into this new year, I pray with, with sad hearts, some of us, with broken hearts, some of us, with dismayed hearts, some of us, I pray, Lord, that we pick our eyes up and we look to Jesus. We look to the victor of Calvary. I pray, Lord, that the circumstances of a sorry, failing world wouldn't pull us down. But I pray, Lord, that we would take hope in Jesus alone. And I pray, Lord, that in the power of God, that hope would abound. And I pray, Lord, we walk back out of here and it's not with our tail between our legs, it's not with our heads down, but it's with joy and it's with peace in a risen Savior, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, until you come back and get us, that we walk in that hope, that we live in that hope, that we expect in that hope, that we serve in that hope. And Lord, I pray most of all in that hope, we tell a hopeless and dying world of an eternal hope, Jesus. Help us in that. Lord, we praise you today. We thank you. We worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close our service with a time of response. We're going to start this year off with a time of response. And I want to tell you there's a couple of things. First off, if you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you he loves you. He knows you. He sees you. He sees your helpless estate. Nothing you can do to earn your salvation. He sent his only begotten son in great love and great grace, Jesus. And he comes. He lives a life. He never sins. Because he doesn't sin, he's able to offer himself as the penalty, the payment for my sin, your sin. Had he sinned, he would have had to pay his own price. He doesn't sin, he's able to go in my stead and your stead. That's what the cross of Calvary is about. 2,000 years ago, they accused him falsely. They take him, they, they beat him, they take him to a cross, they nail him to it, he suffers, he bleeds, he sheds his own blood, paying my penalty and your penalty. He says himself, it's finished, it's paid in him. They take him off that cross, he's dead. He's paid the penalty. They place him in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, I want to tell you the good news of our hope is this. He walks out of that grave and he is alive and he stands as the risen victor, the risen savior, the king of kings. Defeated death, paid the price for sin. Then in grace, he offers us redemption. He offers us his robe of righteousness if we'll just believe. If we'll just trust, no work we have to do, no church, no, no set of verses we got to memorize, nobody we got to impress. If you'll just say, Lord, I understand I'm a sinner. 
And I know you pay for my sin. I, I believe it. I claim you as my Savior. The Bible says this. If you'll profess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. It's what the Bible says. If you've never done that, do it today. What a way to start a year. Forgiven, restored, renewed, redeemed. What a way to start a year. If you've never done that, do it today. The Bible says for us that are believers, you know, we have to keep re-upping. It's settled in Christ. We can't lose our salvation. He holds us. But you know what? We have to be like the guy that says, I believe, help my unbelief. And we have to stay in his word. And we have to watch him be faithful and be faithful and draw closer to him. And in that, we experience the joy of peace that's filled, rest that doesn't come undone as we walk closer to Jesus. Some of us today, you know what? This year, we need to get closer to Christ. We need to grow in our, in our faith. We need, to, we need to spend more time with the people of God and the word of God. Maybe that's your response today. Maybe as we close out this service, you want to come pray here at an altar. Maybe you want to say, God, I'm thankful for the last year. I learned from it. God, forgive me for last year. Maybe we have to pray that. But God, help me stand up and walk with you and in you moving into the new year. Maybe you want to come pray for, for your family. Maybe you want to come pray for your church. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here. You come as well. And listen, don't come if God hasn't led you here. But if he's led you here, you come. Together we'll stand on his word, his truth, preaching his, his good news, his gospel, till he comes again. Maybe you're here and you've followed Christ. You trust him. He is your savior, but you never followed him believer's baptism. The Bible says it's not part of our salvation. doesn't save us, but it's a testimony to it. What a great thing to say, you know what, I believe. And I want the world to know it. So you come and we'll set a date. It'll be a great day of rejoicing, celebration as you testify to what we believe of Jesus and baptism. If that's your decision, you come as well. Again, maybe you want to come pray with me here at the front. Maybe you want to pray at an altar. I'm going to ask as we stand, no one would start around, head for an exit. You pray for those who are making decisions. As we stand to sing, if you have a decision to make, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here.